Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Well, the, rule, the rules are this morning that if I say something that really encourages you, you can say, praise God, amen. amen. And if you say something that I agree with, that you agree with, say, I agree with that. And if I say something that I, you don't agree with, then see Phil afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that I have a word of God this morning for the church. I believe that there is something in this word for everybody, something that will strengthen us over this period of time. So if you've got Bibles, please turn to the book of Judges, verse 7. I know, I strayed into the Old Testament, can you believe that? But the wonderful thing is that Jesus is in every verse of the Bible, He's in every book of the Bible. So if we turn to Judges chapter 7. Are we there yet, Dave? Dave always, Dave always tells me when, I'm, when I can start to read. <laughs> so Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Harod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley in the valley near the hill of Moray. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. And if I let you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid, they may leave the mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. It's great when you're a leader that people stay with you, you know. <laughs> But the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. Into one group, put all those who cup the water in their hands and lap it with their tongues like dogs. And in the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank with their hands. All the others got up, got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. The Lord told Gideon, with these 300, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions, the ram's horns of all the other warriors and sent them home. But he kept the 300 men with him. So he went from 32,000 people to 300 and the story goes on to describe how there was a great victory where they defeated the Midianites and all of their allies. And so the question this morning that I want to ask and unpack is, if I asked you, what do you think strength is, what would your answer be? And what do you think it means to be strong in the Lord? You know, we often think of superheroes like Superman and the Hulk, you know, men of great physical strength. And I remember as a child growing up, I had this book about the circus and the strong man was this big bald-headed German in a leopard skin leotard with a uh, handlebar moustache and this great pole with a ball on each end that said one ton. <laughs> but the dictionary says that strength is the quality or state of being physically strong, the capacity of an object or substance to withstand great force or pressure. But for us, the strength that we have is more than the ability just to move objects. You know, we read in Judges about Samson, a man of great strength, but he lost it because his own morals and his character were weak. 
And strength does include our character traits, our skills, which are all considered positive. I want to read something from Isaiah, a verse that I'm sure Julian will know. Um, Isaiah 40 says this, Have you never heard, have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. But it's easy to say that I'm strong in the Lord when I face problems and issues and I'm in the midst of problems. There's a great hymn and this is really, I sung this hymn the other week and this is what just prompted me to bring this word. Pardoned for sin and a peace that endureth, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and a bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine with 10,000 besides. And I believe this morning that God has strength for us today and he has a bright hope for us, whatever we're in the midst of. If we go back to verse 7, sorry, back to chapter 7 of uh, Judges and look at that first verse again. It says, So Gideon and his army got up and went as far as the spring of Harod. And the armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Moray. Now, Harod is not a place in Knightsbridge, which Mandy loves to go to. It's not a department store in Knightsbridge. But Harod, the word Harod actually means the place of fear. And it's interesting, that if, um, if we just go on a bit further, Moray means the place of teaching. And if I, add in those, um, if I add in those definitions of those words, it reads like this. It says, so Gideon and his army got up and went as far as the place of fear. And the armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley in the place of teaching. And often we only go as far as the place of fear. But God was saying to Gideon, you're at this place of fear, but I want to now teach you something. I want to show you something. I want to show you that my strength is more sufficient. My strength is better than your own strength to take you through this place. And I believe this morning that real strength comes from the Lord and is in the Lord. Because when we're not strong, we're fearful. We're not weak. We're worse than weak. We're fearful of everything. And in this life, we mustn't rely on our own strength and our own abilities. We must look to the Lord for his strength and his abilities. But we love to do things in our own strength, don't we? I am the worst. I think, I used to remember when I first became a Christian, I believed that I had this strange fangled notion that you had to present things to God. You had to rush away, you had to do something in your own strength. You'd come back completely hammered and worn out and then you'd say, Lord, I've done this. And uh, it was something that someone had to teach me to come through. But God wants us to bring us out of a place of fear and weakness and into a place of liberty and strength. You know, it says that we should rely on the Lord constantly. In Psalm 37 verse 5, it says, Commit everything to the Lord, trust in him and he will help you. And he will act on our behalf and he will bring things to pass. 
But the, Lord, the word of the Lord this morning is that God wants you to be strong and he wants you to be stronger. Not necessarily physical strength, although some of us may need that this morning. I read this verse the other day and I just got excited when I read it. It says it's in Ephesians 3.16 and it says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with, your, you with inner strength from his spirit. I just got excited. I'm going to read that again. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. You know, I found in life that when I'm strong in the spirit, no matter how physically weak I might feel, I can cope with most things. But when my spirit gets tired, when I get weak, that's when I get bashed up. That's when I get bashed up. If Mandy was here, I was going to ask Mandy to come to the front, but she's in uh, children's work at the minute. But I was with somebody the other week, and they said to me, so how's your year been? How's 2021 been? And I said to them, I said, the last two years has been the worst two years of my life. Now, don't look shocked. You know, we've had COVID, and that's had a a massive impact on um, the church. Uh, It's been a particularly frustrating time for us as leaders. You know, we've wanted to see people develop and grow, and that's put a real stop on that. And it's not untrue to say that we have grown and developed, but we haven't grown and developed in the way that probably we wanted to. Um, Work has been a challenge. I've personally had to make 50 people redundant, Uh, somebody that had cancer, somebody that was pregnant with twins, and that's been tough. Um, As you know, my children, one of them lives in Canada, and uh, Sam and his wife had a lovely baby girl, and we didn't see her for 14 months, which was tough. Um, Alex has moved away to Wales, and we didn't see Audrey for four weeks after she was born. And they they have all suffered sickness. Um, A couple of weeks ago, my... um, one of my grandchildren has been diagnosed with a condition which she could have all her life. And my other granddaughter has been diagnosed with something which could affect her sight. But my, confes- my confession is that God is my healer. And when I look at the church, my confession is, is God will build his church. That's not that I'm being negative. Um, we've had sickness in our own lives. Mandy's had two operations. Um, Last year I was diagnosed with a stomach ulcer. But God is my healer. And my my work is still very uncertain. But God will not see me begging for bread. And I, I tell you all those things because sometimes we can look at other people and we can think, oh, their life's just so cool. You know, I wish my life was like theirs. But that's not true. But I do read in, 1 Colossians, in Colossians 1.11, we also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you have all, in, all the endurance and patience you may need. May you be filled with joy. Because being strong doesn't mean that we won't face challenges. But when we're strong, when we're strong, we can endure and have the patience we need because of his glorious power. 
And being strong doesn't mean that we only have to be strong when we need to be strong. A wise man once told me, his name's Ron Eagle, he's with the Lord now, and he said to me once, he said, Stephen, he said, it's in the easy times that you've got to build. It's in the easy times that you've got to build. Ready for the hard times. You see, for some of us, and I've been guilty of this, we come on a Sunday and we get fired up, we hear the word of God, we walk away, and then we coast. We coast along. And we coast along and we get to Friday and things seem a bit tough and then we're ready to go to church again and get topped up. And life can be a coast or it can be a roller coaster. And people get into situations and their life feels like a roller coaster. And if you've ever watched a video of a roller coaster, you see the people going up and they're all smiling, dig, 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 and they're all laughing and they're all talking together and they're having a really good time. And they're like, and they go down the other side. But life doesn't want life isn't supposed to be a roller coaster. Things will come. Things, challenges will come. Remember Noah. He was told to build the ark. Now, no one, on the, no one on the earth had seen rain at this point. And for 80 years, he built a boat in the middle of dry land. I mean, how crazy is that? He could have said, Lord, I'm not interested. But he persevered and he invested and he built that boat. And when the rain came, there's a song, isn't it, about the rain coming? Junior church. When the rain came, the boat floated. If you look at Joseph... He had a dream. He said there's going to be seven years of plenty. It's going to be seven years of lack. And Pharaoh thought it was great and he made him the prime minister and he could have lived it up for seven years. Stuffed his face for seven years. But he didn't. He planned for the future. He built up. He made himself strong. He made the country strong and then they went through the seven years of famine. In fact, it says it's a prophetic declaration that they fed all the nations around them. You know, when things get hard sometimes, we cry out to God, don't we? We cry out to God when things get hard. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong in crying out to God when things get hard. But we need to do it from a position of faith and trust and not from a position of helplessness and doubt. But God doesn't want us to live like that. He wants us to live strong all the time. The best, if we turn to Psalm 33... Psalm 33 says this from verse 16. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor can great strength be enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. In the message, the first couple of verses, it says this. No king succeeds by a big army alone. No warrior wins by brute strength. Horsepower is not the answer. That's not about cars. No one can get on by muscle alone. Yes, challenges will come. But God wants us to be strong. Can I just speak to you this morning as a, as a friend? 
I've, over my life, I've seen many folks just cruising along. And um, I read in the paper the other day that there's a new anxiety. It's called range anxiety. If you've got an electric car, apparently you can suffer <laughs> from range anxiety. <laughs> we could run out of battery power. And I think this morning that some of us suffer from range anxiety. I think that we're not sure how far we can go. But God wants us to go all the way. And for some of us, you know, life's good. We're cruising along. Everything's marvellous. We come to church, pay our tithes, go home. And then, bang, something comes into our lives. We become sick. We lose our job. Our children play up. The marriage becomes difficult. Money becomes tight. The future's uncertain. And we cry out, why me, God? Why are you doing this to me? But sometimes it's life. You know, sometimes as charismatic Christians, and by that I mean, and I'm not putting a label on us. Somebody asked me at work the other day, they said, what sort of Christian are you? And I couldn't think of a word, and I said, well, I'm a happy clappy. And he said, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) But sometimes as Christians, where we, we teach the word of God is true and the complete authority in all things, we think that we have to live this perfect life where we're far above all issues and problems. We talk about that, don't we? We say we're all far above issues and problems. And that we don't have to face trials and we don't have to face issues and we don't have to face temptation. But somehow when we do face those things, we sometimes feel that we've failed. And we often look at others and think, well, their life's easy because they don't seem to have any of the problems I have. But let me read you something that somebody once said. And this person said this, he said, I've told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And this person also said this, he said, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Does anybody know who said that? No, Jesus wouldn't say that because he's all about hope and glory and, you know. But he did say that because life does sometimes throw curved balls. And, you know, you can't, in, in one sense, and hear me right when I say this, you can't live a victorious life if there's nothing to be victorious about. Cruising would be good. I love to cruise, but it's not going to be like that. But the faith aspect is how we deal with it. Life is full of real battles, but the promises of God to us are real and they are true. We live in a world full of problems and we're sometimes not immune to what's going on around us. And it's not that we ignore the problems or we choose not to recognise them, but we still have faith in him. And that's when we need to live above the circumstances. And then we can say confidently in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now the problem with that is, (laughs) sometimes people have a problem, something, you know, big hits their life, and they go around, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it doesn't help them a jot. 
You say, right, it's the word of God. But we should always read the word of God in context and we should always let scripture interpret scripture. And if we go back a bit in Philippians 4 verse 10, it says this. Now I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. So they're obviously concerned about him. Something was going off. I know, I've always been, I know you've always been concerned for me, but, if, if, but you didn't have chance to help me. So there was a problem, and they wanted to help him, but they couldn't help him. Not that I was ever in need. I love this bit. For I have learned, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living. In every situation, whether it is a full or empty stomach, with plenty or with little, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So before Paul could say that, he had learned something. He had learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether he had a full stomach or an empty stomach, whether he had little or he had plenty. So how do we live like that? What is the secret? It took me a while to find this verse, but I believe that this verse holds the secret. And it's in Psalm 85, verse 4. And it says this, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. The contemporary English version says this, You bless all who depend on you for strength and who deeply desire to visit your temple. And the King James, it would be remiss of me not to ever speak without quoting the King James. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, whose heart are the ways of him. Simply this, we need to follow him. We need to follow him. We need to be a pilgrimage people. We need to be on a pilgrimage to Jesus to fulfil your destiny in all that he's called you to be. We need to desire to visit his temple. That doesn't necessarily mean to be here, but that would help and I'm coming on to that. But we need to be those who are in his presence. Because the Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy. And that our heart is always full of his ways. So this morning... For 2022, we need to get into training. This next verse, I love this next verse. 1 Timothy 4.8 Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. See, that's why I never go running with Phil. Because <laughs> I'm training for godliness. So is Phil. He does that as well, just to be sure. But let me just read this verse. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Promising benefits. Who likes benefits? See, Paul talks about running a race, pressing into God. My doctor says I've got to lose weight. I know you find that hard to believe. You didn't have to laugh that much, Wendy. But you know, it's really hard. It takes a lot of perseverance. It takes a lot of patience. 
It takes a lot of diligence. Stephen S., don't tell everybody about those two cakes I had yesterday, will you? I just thought I need to confess that in front of you. You know? If you look at a prize fighter, a prize fighter, he has to train. You know, he doesn't only have to be able to punch hard. He has to have good upper body strength to, so when he receives some punches. But there's a, there's, a, there's a discipline, there's a diligence, there's a training, there's effort. It's ongoing and it's hard work sometimes. But this year I believe that for many of us we need to lose some flab. And we need to build ourselves up in the word of God and the power of his might and the power of his spirit. Because God wants us to go on and he wants us to be strong and he wants us to be stronger. So how do we do that? Well, here it comes. (laughs) We need to be those who are in his word. We need to have an open Bible. We don't just open the Bible on a Sunday when we come here. And I've been like that. You know, the preacher will come on, the, on a Sunday, the guy will lead the meeting and say, I read this scripture and everybody turns to it and we all know where it is because we're all trained. And the hinges creak on the Bible. And then the guy gets up to preach the word and it gets another little airing. And then it closes for the rest of the week and it never opens at all. And then we have problems and we go, Lord, what's, why, can't, why can't I see that? Why can't you help me? We need to have an open Bible. It needs to be on our tongue all the time. We need to be those who spend time in prayer. I cannot read anywhere in the scripture that prayer is only for Sunday mornings. God does not have six days off. He's not like me and Phil. You know, we don't work. We don't work the rest of the week, but we only work on a Sundays. We've been told that a few times, haven't we, Phil? If only that was true. God God wants us to commune with him all the time. We need to be those that fellowship with one another. You know, when we're together, when I'm with Steve, I'm with Jesus. Because Steve sharpens me and encourages me and challenges me sometimes. And when I'm with Julian and Kate, and when I'm with any of you, there's, there's there's an exchange, there's something there. We might not talk about spiritual things, but there's something, there's a connection. And I'm not totally sure what that all is, but I know it's good for me. It's good to be together. That we're here on a Sunday worshipping him corporately. That we're here on a Sunday to be discipled under his word, to receive something, to be built up. That we take every opportunity we can to be together. You know? We're together. They met together every day in the temple courts, breaking bread and having fellowship in awe of what the apostles were doing. And then the church grew. That we're those who speak in tongues. That we build up the spirit man. Speaking in tongues is not just for Sunday mornings. If you're here, that we lay hands on one another, that we impart something to one another. And most importantly, that we guard our hearts and minds at what we listen to and what we look at. And that we're ruthless with sin.
Physical training is good, but training in godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Well, I'm really only happy with this life at the minute. If I can get benefits in this life, I'll be thrilled to bits. That's what Timothy says. You know, with respect, Jesus needs to be every single part of our lives. There must be no no-go areas in our lives with Jesus. There's a little interesting verse in Deuteronomy 25, in verse 17. And this verse seems to be like slotted in the middle of a passage, and it doesn't sort of bear any context. And it's um, Moses talking about the Amalekites. Now, the Amalekites were Israel's most savage enemy. They had more battles with them, and it was a bit nip and tuck with the battles. And in verse 17, it says this, Never forget what the Amalekites did as you came from Egypt. They attacked you when you were exhausted and weary. They struck down those who were straggling behind. They had no, they had no fear of God. They attacked from behind and picked off the stragglers. Those who were on the edges those who were on the fringes, those who were struggling, that were weak. And this morning, God does not want anyone to be picked off. He doesn't want anyone who's straggling to be taken away. It's so important that we, that we, we keep together. We keep together in his word. We keep together in his presence. We keep together in prayer. We keep together... We don't want any stragglers. It's not because we want people to be here, but we want them to grow and to develop and to be all that God wants them to be. We want people to live a strong and victorious life, despite challenges that they face, because they will come. But God wants us to rule and to reign in life. Amen. So yes, it's effort. It will be effort to shed those pounds. It will be effort to spend time in his word. It will be effort. It's always effort. But, this is the but, if we really want to come into a new dimension of living, if we really want to come into a new dimension of faith, a new dimension of peace and security, that'd be great, wouldn't it? To be peaceful and secure about everything that's going on in our lives. To know that God is with us and he's not going to let us fail. To avoid the ups and downs and those swings of the roller coaster life. Many years ago, and I'll tell you how long ago it was, I went to Alton Towers and it was eight pounds to get in. That was a long time ago. And they had this new attraction and it was called the corkscrew, which I've been told now is a very lame roller coaster. There are things which are far more dangerous. And I paid £16 to go because I was taking this girl that I wanted to impress. It wasn't Mandy. And I remember we got on this corkscrew and it set off and it went up. And I've never, ever been on a roller coaster from that day to this. And we got to the top and all of a sudden it went, down this thing. And, you know, my stomach was in my ears and that was a lot of stomach. And... I remember thinking at some point we're going to go through this corkscrew. And I remember closing my eyes and holding onto the bar like this and thinking, it'll all be over in a couple of minutes. <laughs> and we'll, be at the end, we'll get to the end of the thing. And 
we went round this corkscrew thing and it was horrible. And I remember when the, when the thing came to the end, I remember getting out of the seat and the people I was with said, Steve, you're white. But God doesn't want us to live like that, where we just think, oh, it'll be all over soon. You know, I'll be with the Lord one day. He doesn't want us to live like that. He doesn't want us to say, oh, that's how my life's going to be. You know, I've just got to hold on for grim death, you know. I'll get to the end eventually. He doesn't want us to live like that. He wants us to live full of faith, knowing that he's with us. To be known as somebody strong in faith and to become more and more like him. Sharon, do you just want to come and play? That'll be fine. I just feel this morning, I'm talking to Phil this morning, and I just feel that before everybody goes this morning, everyone that's in this room, as elders, we'd just like to lay hands on you. We don't want a long prayer. We're not going to ask you what all the problem, if you've got any problems. We just want to impart something to you. We just want to say, receive the strength of the Lord. And wherever you're at this morning, I want you to receive that. I want you to mix it with faith. I want you to bring to God the things that are, might be pressing you at the minute. And you, you're going to receive strength from the Lord this morning. I just feel that as a body, we need to start to impart things to one another. And I feel very strongly this morning that that is, as elders, that we can impart the strength of God to you. That you'll know his presence, that you'll know his power, that you'll know his peace and security in all the things that you're facing at this time. Amen. So let's just stand in his presence. Let's just reach out to him. And as Sharon prays, Phil and I will just stand, come among you and just ask you to receive something from God. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.